Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs who want to get control of their finances, make more money, and live a balanced life. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, CPA and profitability coach. Join us each week to learn ways to run a more profitable business through inspiring discussions with financial professionals, business experts, and thought leaders. If you're looking for a quirky spin on business with a dab of woo-woo, grab your headphones. Together, we will break through our fears, live a life of abundance, and get the balance right. Hello, and welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. If you've never listened to this show before, welcome. I am so excited that you discovered the podcast, and hopefully you will go back and listen to other episodes and continue listening as well. And if you've listened before, thank you for coming back. You guys, you mean so much to me. I so appreciate my listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I gotta tell you, I have recorded this intro a few times because there's this bouncing mic sound that keeps happening. My microphone is attached to my desk, and I think it's because I'm doing a lot of gesturing or something. I'm really excited. That bouncy, bouncy sound keeps coming in. So if you hear that, that's what it is. Just know that I'm very animated. Whenever you hear those bouncy sounds, you can just imagine me genuflecting. No, um, gesturing. You can imagine me gesturing like crazy. I do that. Uh, If you've never seen me live or on video or all the things, I do a lot of gesturing. I don't know why today it's more bouncy than normal, but heh, here it is. If you're in business, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably on social media trying to drum up business. Have you struggled to get more followers? You're on Instagram, LinkedIn, you're on Facebook, TikTok, Clubhouse, all the places. Oh my God, it's overwhelming, right? We look at everybody else and we're like, Why am I struggling to get more followers? You see what other people are posting. You're like, wait a minute, I don't even get it. Why do they have all those followers? Why can't I have those followers? Are you thinking that too? Like you're like struggling to get followers and you're looking at other people and you're like, why do they have thousands of followers? I just don't get it. But then ask yourself, why do we even care? Is it vanity? Is it competition? Or do we think the only way to have a successful business is to have tons of followers? That doesn't mean that they're making any money in their business. Without digging into someone's financial statements, we really don't know how profitable they are. In fact, those people with thousands of followers may have no idea how to monetize their popularity. They may even have thousands of followers who actually never engage with their content. What if I were to tell you that you don't need thousands of followers to be successful? And by successful, I don't mean likes and all that stuff. I'm talking about being very profitable. You've heard the saying, the riches are in the niches. If you serve a specific niche and you are able to find connect and engage with them with the right offer that solves their pain points, then you actually only need a small number of those followers to become paying customers. In this episode, we are talking about how to generate six figures in your business from a small audience. Yeah, 
this, to break this down, we are joined by Ina Coveney, the Global Phenomenon podcast host. Now, I discovered Ina during the virtual PodFest last fall, where she presented on a topic similar to what we're going to discuss today. If you've never gone to PodFest, I'll tell you, PodFest has fantastic speakers. But Ina, her unique approach and delightful personality stood out to me from all the rest. Needless to say, I became an instant fan, which I'm pretty confident you will too. On a side note that I think is really cool, Ina and I discovered yesterday that we've both been accepted to speak at PodFest in Orlando in May. I am extremely excited for this incredible opportunity, and so is she. And I can't wait to see Ina present live. She's not only tremendously knowledgeable about effective ways to engage, serve, and prosper from a small audience, but she is super funny and charismatic. After discovering her through PodFest, I binged her podcast and then went back into the archives to an earlier podcast that she hosted and produced called Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life. The focus is different, but it is filled with excellent content delivered again in her energetic, comical manner. I think Ina could do a demo for a kitchen sponge and make it entertaining. She's so engaging during that demo, you'd probably wind up buying a case of those sponges. You'll find links for Ina in the show notes, including her insanely valuable free downloadable PDF called 100 Engagement Post Ideas. You got to get this. Telling you, it's free. 100 Engagement Post Ideas. A large portion of Ina's success has been accomplished through engaging with her audience. So you'll want to download this gem and start putting it to work. All right. So I looked through it and I was like, okay, wow, a hundred things. Let's just start with one. So I figured I'm going to try one of her post ideas for Instagram stories, except I'm going to do it right now on the show. So her idea is to ask your followers to give you a great tip through a DM. So her idea is to go on Instagram, do a post or a story And you ask your followers to give you a great tip through the DM. And if they do this, then you'll reshare the tip, feature it, and tag them. I love this idea. All right, so my friends, shall we try this? All right, pretend this is a post, but I'm doing it on a podcast. Hey, listeners, I value your brilliance and passion. Please send me a great tip that you have used to increase profits in your business. And I'll feature it and tag you on Instagram along with showcasing it on my podcast. DM me, find me on Instagram, where I'm at Zeitzwolf. That's my last name. You can also find me on Instagram if you search vegan CPA. Just make sure it comes up as at Zeitzwolf. That should appear as an option. So to repeat, please send me a great tip that you have used to increase profits in your business, and I'll showcase it here on the podcast and on Instagram. All right, let's get down to the tofu and mashed potatoes of this show. If you find value in this episode, please, please, please share it with your biz bestie or find someone else who could benefit from this content and share it with them. This podcast really needs your help to spread the word so that more people can discover the show. And if you're feeling frisky, please follow Get the Balance Right podcast on your preferred platform. Doesn't have to be Apple, just wherever you listen to podcasts, please follow me and please follow the podcast. 
And if you're feeling extra generous, please give us a five-star rating and review. And if you're on Good Pods, then please find us there. Oh my God, we love Good Pods. And if you've never used the app, Good Pods is a free podcasting app you can get for your phone that allows you to do social posts and have the ability to share podcasts and comment on them and review them. And if you're a Good Pod user and you're a female podcaster, please be sure to join my Good Pods group called Podcast Chicks. That's chicks with an X because I'm edgy like that. Podcast Chicks, C-H-I-X. All right, last plug, I promise you. If you're a female entrepreneur, if you want to get up-to-date info on my free workshops and other upcoming events, and you want to ask me tax questions and business questions, finance questions, all of that jazz, please find me on Facebook. It's a group. It's called Get the Balance Right Facebook group. All right. All the plugs are done. All right. Done, done, done. Let's get to my discussion with Ina Coveney. Why do I say it that way? That's how I have to do it to pronounce her name correctly. You can't see me, but I'm actually like putting my arms up in the air. Ina Coveney. Anyways, are you pumped? Yes, uh, you should be pumped. All right, here is a smart, clever, and funny Ina Coveney. Welcome to Get the Balance Right Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Thank you so much. Ina, I am, now I don't want this to sound creepy, but I am a super fan of yours and I discovered you through PodFest, the virtual PodFest last year, I didn't know about you, and I don't want to sound creepy, but I totally fell in love with you. You that were so just cute. speaking my language, and you're so cute and animated and fun and smart, all of the things, and wow. now I've become a giant fan of your podcast, even your old podcast. Ina Coveney, welcome Hi. to Get the Balance Right Podcast. Heather, thank you so much for such a sweet introduction. That that really warms my heart. Thank you. I can't believe you went back to an old podcast. This is actually the, the global phenomenon is the podcast that I have right now. And it's my fourth podcast. I would venture to say that I don't think I've ever actually said the name of my first podcast, but it's still out there. I still pay for the domain. I still pay for the hosting of it because I it's a relic. It's a historical relic that I don't want to ever go away. But yeah, I can't believe you went back. At least I hope you're, you're listening to Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life. I am very, very proud of that podcast. I was 11 episodes of just pure value, helping people get out of their job. I'm very, very proud of that one too. So I hope that's the one that you were listening to. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. The one that you have now, this global phenomenon, tell the audience about what that podcast is all about. First, you got to know that I am a business coach. When I first came into the the whole coaching scene, I would get starry-eyed looking at all of these big influencers and I would fall in love with them. I, they would be celebrities to me. I'd be at home talking about, oh my God, I'm going to be in a conference where Selena Sue is going to be there. I'm working with the guy who taught her how to do launches. I am uh, going to meet Rachel Miller. I'm going to re-meet this person. I'm going to re-meet this other. And my husband is like, who are these people? Like nobody knows who these people are. I'm like, yes, they're like celebrities to me. When I finished the 100 episodes on Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life and I wanted to pivot in my business, I wanted to work not so much with people wanting to get out of their job. That wasn't my message anymore, to get out of their job. My message was 
you have a passion and you have a purpose in your life and you want to turn that into a business, I'm going to help you how to do that. I wanted to work with people who had a really big vision for their life. And I was talking this through with my own coach. And she asked me, well, what is it that you want? I want to be the next global phenomenon. It just came out. I want to be the next global phenomenon, the next big thing, right? And she's like, well, there you go. And I I just, I wrote that down in a post-it note and it stayed on my wall for months and I couldn't get the idea out of my head. So when I finished the other podcast and I wanted to start a new one with a new message telling people that they can do anything they want, the global phenomenon kept popping up. So what I do now, which is, I can't believe it's my job, is I go and I interview all the top coaches in the world. I've had Pat Flynn. I've had Laura Belgray. I've had John Lee Dumas. I've had Rachel Miller herself. I've had Lisa Johnson from the UK. All of these big people. Rachel Luna is going to be my season closer for season two. And this year I decided, okay, I am going to start going out there and just asking all of my heroes to be on the podcast and I'm not going to take no for an answer. I can't wait for season three, which is going to be amazing. So that's what the global phenomenon is about. It's about talking about how the online coaching industry has created a new universe where we can do whatever we want and make money doing it. And there's people who are our own personal celebrities who did it, who were where we started, and now they are global phenomenons themselves. So that's all we talk about. I go and I teach in there and I show people what is possible through these amazing interviews. I have to tell you, though, that the shows that I love best are the ones where you reflect on what was just discussed in the prior interview, and then you break it down into steps that we with a small audience can actually implement. And I think that's what is so great about your show, because we can feel like, okay, we want to be like John Lee Dumas, but it's intimidating. I mean, that guy's been around for a long time. I've read his book. We could try to do all the things, but I'm here with a small audience. You talk to people with a small audience. Let's get started in talking about this idea of having a small audience and maybe becoming a global phenomenon. But I think really what you talk about is trying to actually make money off of a small audience rather than trying to be this huge thing. Can you explain kind of a little bit about that? Let me tell you about this. The whole idea, the reason why I specialize in monetizing small audiences is because I had this big dream. I still do. I have this big dream of being the next global phenomenon. But here's what happens with people like me who get enamored with this big dream and want to make it and want to make it is that The only thing that we feel like we should be doing in order to get there is to grow our audience. And that's the message that we get from everywhere. Because when you go to somebody's account, somebody's Instagram account, somebody's Facebook page, wherever, the first marker of credibility that we see that is clear for everyone to see is the size of an audience. What happens When I start out in this online coaching world and my only goal here is to grow an audience so I can be the next global phenomenon, what happens when I have spent an entire year posting every day, getting good on reels, recording reels every day, recording stories, at least 10 stories a day every day, but still at the end of the year, I haven't made any money. I haven't had clients and my audience is still not growing. This is a very common tale. Just because I have this big dream doesn't mean that I shouldn't be smart 
about how I handle my business. It doesn't mean that I should have a rosy color glasses that are going to make me think, well, I just need to grow my audience. That's all I need to do. I know what to do. I just need to do. I just need to grow my audience. Cut it out. Stop. For some re- people, it has worked. I'm at the, I'll, I'll be here to tell you right now. I started a Reels challenge with a few other women who had the same size audience as I did. And I'm sorry, I wasn't the host of the challenge. We were doing it with somebody else, with another, with another influencer. And one of us, out of our whole little group that we created to go through that challenge, one of us went from 400 followers last August until right now in January, where she has 40,000 followers. How did that happen? I went from, I think I had around 300 followers at the time. Today, I have 800. Today, I posted my post that says, hey, I reached 800 followers. How does that happen that one person blows up overnight and one person doesn't? Here's, Here's the deal, though. I am still making more money than she is. Let that sink in for a second. What you make in your business is not going to be dependent on the size of your audience unless you have intentionally done something to make that happen. In my case, apparently, I stink at growing my audience. But you know what I'm really good at is having a clear message, is getting clients, and is putting money in the bank. So when I realized this, everybody out there is trying to get people to grow their audiences. But what happens with people like me, where the audience doesn't grow, right? But we still need to make money in our business. I suggest that's why I bring it down. I I bring you the global phenomenon guests to talk about what they do. And then I come on and I tell you, okay, now let's bring it down to earth so that your business can prosper, even though you don't have a million followers on Instagram. So that's where that whole idea came about. And it doesn't mean that I have stopped wanting the big dream. I would love 100% to get 100,000 followers tomorrow. I want to call it into existence. I want to manifest it. But it can't stop me from having a thriving business where I get to help people every day. I just got out of two coaching calls with clients and it gives me so much amazing satisfaction to just use my brain for what it was wired for and help people and make money in the process before I even get a large audience. That's what I want everybody to be. Yeah. Likes on your social media does not pay the bills. Exactly. I saw you present during PodFest about this thing called, you called it a blob. Yeah. And I want you to tell the audience about what the blob is and how we can target our message better than at the blob. Okay. So this is where the blob thing came from. So what is the blob? is the way we see our audience when we have not gotten good at monetizing it yet, okay? If you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, well, I have been posting every day and I still don't have clients. If you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm going to invite, just make a blanket invitation to everyone in my audience to a masterclass. And when they sign up for my masterclass, I'm not gonna contact them because I don't wanna bother them. They should be able to just watch the masterclass in peace without me having to talk to them, without me getting in their space. That hesitation to talking to people because you feel like you should be selling from a stage rather than selling from people's living rooms. That hesitation, that that, that ickiness that comes with talking to people, I equate that to looking at your audience like they're a big blob. 
they're a big blob with money and you want some of their money. You look at the blob and you're like, hey, come and sign up for my stuff. It doesn't work. Because a blob, a, a, a group of people, a mob of people don't all act because you tell them to and they don't all act the same way and they don't all have the same motivations. They're not a blob. What you're looking at is individuals in your audience. So when somebody signs up for your webinar, instead of thinking, oh my God, should I contact them? Is it? I just got this actually. I just did a workshop and somebody asked this question. They said, somebody signed up for my workshop or for my webinar, and by their name and their email address, I was able to figure out who they were on social media. I saw that they started following me on Instagram too. Would it be creepy to say, hi, thank you for signing up for the masterclass on Instagram, even though they didn't give me their Instagram name? Would that be creepy? I'm like, why would it be creepy? They're the ones coming to you. They gave you their information, right? And we have human brains. If my name is Ina Coveney and my email address is Ina Coveney and my Instagram handle says that I'm Ina Coveney, it would stand to reason that you would know I'm the same person. We have to stop feeling like we need to leave our followers alone. The way that I explain it sometimes is, for some reason, we have all accepted our followers as legal, silent stalkers. Is people who follow us around and who know everything about us, but we're not allowed to talk to them. They're supposed to lurk in silence. They're supposed to lurk and we're supposed to be silent about it. And I'm like, no, if somebody's following me and learning everything about me and consuming my content, I'm going to reach out, tap them on the show and say, hi, how's it going? And what's up? When you learn to monetize a small audience, you stop looking at your people like, those stalkers that you're not supposed to talk to. You start looking at them individually. And when you do that, you have half the game made in monetizing a small audience. So this small audience, if we pick a niche that we want to go into, I know that on your podcast, you've talked about having a single offer or slimming down your offer so that you can have more of this you refer to it as a value ladder. We've talked about how you kind of niche down on the show before, but maybe if you could just touch on the importance of niching so that you can slim down your offer. I didn't come up with the concept of the value ladder. This is something that has been around and I get it from Russell Brunson, who has the dot-com secrets. He's the expert. He's the, he's the, you will see him in as for click funnels. But the, the idea of the value ladder is that I want you to think of not so much of a ladder. I like to think about it like a funnel, right? And a funnel, again, we, we use that term in marketing all the time. But I want you to think of a funnel, like a legit funnel with a wide opening at the top and a tiny opening at the bottom. And at the top, what you have is the people who have become aware of you, okay? Somebody said your name. They might've seen a reel. They might've seen your post. Somebody else tagged you. They became aware that you exist. So it's your job to get that person a little bit deeper in the funnel. What invitation can you make to get that person to learn a little bit more about you or about your message or about your content? It could be your just your content itself. If they saw a reel, you would put in there, hey, follow me for more reels like this one. And now they follow. By them taking an action, they've gotten a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper into the funnel. Then you can invite them to a masterclass and they give you their email address. 
That's even deeper. They signed up for your low-level offer. That's even deeper. Until finally, at the bottom of the funnel, you have the, your biggest high-ticket offer. The idea of the value ladder is sort of that. is You start at the bottom with free stuff. And then you give them an opportunity to learn more with something that is low cost. I myself have a low cost offer that I actually don't talk about a lot, but it's something that I gift to my higher paying clients because it's, it's just a magnificent little bundle. It's called the 30 Days, 30 Leads Bundle. And when people go through it, they get leads in 30 days. It's magical. It's amazing. So I, I sell it for $30, 30days30leads.com. People can just go and get it. 30 days to leads. And that tells me that that person is interested in getting clients, that that person is having a pain point and that is that they don't know how to meet people online. The idea is that every time that I offer something, it's got to qualify that lead for me. So if I invite them to download that 30 Days 30 Leads bundle, or if I invite them to my masterclass, which is called Get Clients with a Tiny Audience, that's got to be them raising their hand and saying, this is a problem that I need a solution for. So if they're telling me that, that they need leads and that they need to get clients with a tiny offer, then that tells me you're probably a good fit to join my program. So something that I failed miserably at in my first year in business is that I didn't really understand that the value ladder wasn't just about giving value, but it was meant to be a ladder. It's meant to be taking me, taking that person closer and closer and closer to working with me. So in my very first webinar, which by the way, only three people showed up and I knew who they were. One was a coworker of mine who just wanted to support me. And the other one was my cousin who I knew wasn't going to buy anything. And the other one was my cousin's friend who she invited her for solidarity. Nobody bought anything. I didn't even make a pitch. I was just too chicken to, to make any pitch. That was my first webinar. In that webinar, the webinar was called Six ways to make money doing what you love without quitting your job. At the end of the webinar, I was promoting a course on how to make WordPress sites. Now, think about that for a second. How on earth am I qualifying someone to buy a WordPress course with six ways to make money doing what you love without quitting your job? Like in my mind, it made sense. I'm like, no, because these are people who want Side income. I can teach them how to make WordPress sites and then they'll have side income. In my head, it made perfect sense. It doesn't make sense. My masterclass should have been something how to create WordPress sites on your own. The five key steps. That is the name of a masterclass that is selling a WordPress course. So your ladder is meant to get people closer and closer to buying your higher offer. So everything has to be very, very closely related. You're qualifying them to work with you. Okay, so when you have a small audience and you want to make six figures from this small audience, if I'm hearing you correctly, the idea is that when you come up with that big offer and then every other offer that you have supports them getting to that offer, almost like they do this, then the, the next step is this, and then it's just easily they step into the big offer as they move along. Is that correct? Exactly. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of people who are going to go through those steps very fast. I've gotten clients who, after the first day of learning about me, they look at my profile, they see that I look professional, they see that I know what I'm talking about, they see other credibility markers. Oh, I see that you teach people about this. They see a testimonial on my feed. They see that I did something. And then immediately they get presented with my highest offer. They go and they sign up right away. They go like, I felt like I needed this. 
So I did it. I have a membership and one of my annual members, the first person ever who signed up for an annual membership from me, she's not someone that we had been talking all the time. She's not someone we had been stalking each other. She never bought my bundle. She never bought anything. And all of a sudden she's giving me thousands of dollars to work with me. And I'm like, wait, wait, let's back up for a second. Like, where did you come from? She's been aware of me for a long time. I saw your offer. I felt this was the right thing. It was the right time. I said, why not? And I'm like, well, that's great. So it doesn't work perfectly that way all the time. But for people who need time to get to know you, they need to see that you're a serious person. So they got to see you putting out offers. And sometimes it takes that long. I've, I've actually had her in my audience for over a year, we had just never really interacted. I could have just continued to like put out breadcrumbs for her, but she didn't need it. She just needed to wait until the right time. So my only job during that time was to just show up, to show her that I'm serious, that I'm not going anywhere and that I'm still providing this kind of value. So that when she's ready, she just jumped on it. So if we have a small audience and we want to keep them engaged Besides maybe sending them a DM or like making a personalized video in Loom, what are some other things that we could do to have more touch points with them that's not creepy and it's not annoying, but it shows that we care about them? Uh, You can't see it because this is a podcast and you can't see video, but I'm showing it to you, Heather. This is something that I gift to all my clients. I call it the sales coin because if you want to make a buck, you need both sides of the coin, all right? One side is engagement. The other side is content, okay? Here's the deal. I could come here, Heather, and tell you about more touch points that you can have with every single person all day long, but it's not going to help you make a sale because I don't do selling through engagement. I don't go to your feed and say, hey, did you notice that I have a masterclass going on? Hey, did you notice that I have a freebie? Hey, did you download my 100 ideas yet? Did you come you know, post ideas are coming? I don't do that. What does the selling for me is my content. You said so in the beginning. You're like, hey, I've been binging on your podcast and I have loved it. I even went back to the old podcast and I love it when you're going to... That's me keeping you engaged, even though we were not talking to each other. That is my content doing the work for me. And while you're enjoying every single interview that you listen to on my podcast, you're also getting an ad. You're also getting, hey, by the way, did you download your 100 ideas yet? Hey, by the way, I'm doing a masterclass. It's happening soon. Go and sign up. Hey, by the way, did you know that the doors to get clients first is open right now? There's no way for you to escape that. So if you like my content, you're going to see my ads. It's the same way that it works in my Instagram account. If you like me, if we're talking to each other on DMs, people who talk to me over DMs, they, they can all attest to this. I don't go and try to sell you something. I have, in fact such great relationships with my audience from people who love me. They love everything that I put out there. They engage every single time. And they've told me, Ina, I'm just not your ideal client, but I just want to be here. And I just want to keep going to your masterclass. Is that okay? And I'm like, that's fine. And we keep having that relationship where they, they're not afraid to send me a message 
And they'll be like, hey, so I went out with my kids today. Was it cold where you were today? They just start conversations with me because they know they're not afraid. They're like, wait, what if I talk to Ina and then she's going to try to sell me something? She's going to pitch me again. She's going to try to. They don't have that fear because I don't do my selling on engagement. They can't escape my pitches on my content. If I were to come here to answer your question, like what are other other touch points? I'm going to tell you, talk to people, just like you said, send them a Loom video, voice notes over DMs, all that stuff, but have your content side of the house in order. Give them opportunities to learn more, not from you, but from your content. Content is anything that you put out there that gives them a message, anything you create. It can be images, it can be video, it can be text, it can be emails, it can be a podcast, it can be a YouTube video. All of that is content. So you got to give people an opportunity to learn from you. So you got to get that taken care of. To grow a small audience, what are some other things that you think people have to put in place besides having a slim down offer with the ladder and the engagement points? And all the things that you've talked about so far, is there anything that we're missing that we absolutely need? I'm going to give you one tip that actually just gave today. And I don't think I've, I've put this anywhere. So it's like, this is the, the first time that you'll hear me say this, probably. I don't say this a lot. Anytime that you get advice on sales calls, on engaging with people and getting people to buy your offers, just remember that not everybody is going to be for you. Not everybody is going to be an ideal client. This is the tip. You're going to make your life and your business a lot easier or grow a lot faster if you focus on people that you would click with in regular life. Maybe like your same age group, people who have the same background, like in roots, their parents and your parents could be friends. If you're targeting somebody who's a completely different demographic, really ask yourself, are there people who have more in common with you that you could be helping? It almost happens without you even noticing that you start attracting people who are a lot you. Just to give you a, a really clear example, all of my marketing is done in English. I'm from Venezuela. I speak Spanish. I don't really put a lot of Spanish in my marketing. I don't consider myself somebody who's targeting only Latinas. But for some reason, half of my membership is Latinas. Half of my membership is bilingual people. Why does that happen? I don't know. I have not really put it like obviously out there. It just happens naturally. People who are like each other, the people who relate to your story, they are going to come to you. Share your story and talk to people who you would be friends with in real life. And just getting clients gets a lot easier when you're dealing with people who like you and that you like them. I think that completely makes sense. And you have a program called Get Clients First. Yes. Tell us about the thought process behind that, because obviously if we're in business, it's not about how many likes we get, how many subscribers. It's really about making money in the business. You got to have clients. Tell us about this idea of get clients first. Remember when we were talking about growing an audience and how that's what we think we should be doing. And we're posting every day and the audience is still not growing and we're still not getting clients. That's when I decided to create this membership. I'm, I'm going to tell you something that happened more than a year ago. I had a high ticket offer where I would gather a bunch of entrepreneurs who wanted to get their websites made. 
And I would go and I would make it for them. I made it for them the first time I ran the program. The second time, I actually hired people to come and make the websites for them all under my supervision. The websites were beautiful. They went out on time. Everybody was really happy. At the end of the program, everybody couldn't wait until their websites went live. They're like, yes, okay, we're ready. Just, just throw it live now. Everybody turned out, like, ended up with a business in a box, right? They had the, the my mentorship to create their ideal client. They had their their offer, they had their freebie already and designed for them. And they had a website all in a matter of 13 weeks. Months later, I went back to them and I asked them, so how are things going? I gave you a business. What did you do with it? Most of them had stopped. Most of them had just given up. They decided they changed their minds they said that this wasn't really their ideal client or this wasn't, or the time it wasn't right or the time, or there was something that happened that made them stop in their businesses. And I asked them, but I gave you exactly what you were asking for. You said that in order to be, to look professional and to get clients and to put yourself out there, you needed a website. That's what you said. And I gave it to you. What happened? And they said, I guess that wasn't the thing that I needed. I just still have no idea how to get clients. And that's what when it hit me. How can I go out there and continue to promote a product that is giving people what they want, but it's not giving people what they need? And I, it really hit me that I was part of the problem in the coaching industry of people spending $5,000 on a product, on a coach, on a program, and at the end of the year, still not have anything to show for it. I, I did that. I invested at that level and even higher on coaches and programs and things that I did that I that I thought I needed. And then in the end, I wasn't getting clients. And I wasn't even, I am still paying off debt from those first few years of my business. When it came time to really think, rethink my strategy and I switched to, uh, talking more about the, the global phenomenon, I started that podcast is when I started testing a new idea. What if I let go of the websites and I say, you know what, everyone, I've been making websites for 20 years and I'm here to tell you, you don't need one. This is not the first step that you need in your business. It's just not. It's a distraction. It's a money suck and it's not going to help you. What you need to do is to learn how to get clients first. And that's where the idea of the program came about. All I do in that program is to teach coaches who have been struggling to actually get clients, to learn the art of the sales coin, the engagement and the content so that they can get themselves clients. And I've had clients within the first 30 days they get their first clients. I, after months of posting and having a great online presence, they, nothing was happening. They joined the program and all of a sudden clients are happening for them. This makes me feel like a part of the solution rather than what was happening before. Wow. With all of that, I, I'm a kind of a tech person. I love technology. And I can imagine like you're engaging with these prospects and along the way you have different touch points. Do you use any kind of software to kind of track these touch points? And do you have any favorite software that you could recommend? I wish I had a better answer, but because I'm a techie person myself, I am a snob when it comes to tools that try to make things way too smart. I am an Excel person. I am Google Sheets 
because I can access them from anywhere and I can create anything I want in an Excel sheet. I can make it be any color. I can use macros. I can use pivot tables. I do everything on Excel spreadsheet. So you don't need any more than that. Uh, you can just take your full list of followers, put them on a spreadsheet, and then just follow up with them that way if you want. I'm a spreadsheet person. I'm glad that you said that because I do all my prospecting in Google Sheets myself, and I've looked at so many different CRMs. And to me, it almost feels like you kind of have to dig down to see all the information. I just like it all on one sheet. So I'm glad yeah. that you said that. Okay, that makes it easy and inexpensive yeah. for everybody. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Ina, okay, people can work with you through doing your ongoing membership. How else can they work with you and where else can they find you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. At this point, I think because of everything we just talked about, the next step for anybody, and this gets you into my mailing list, it gets you to getting my the notifications for when I go live to teach more. The next step would be for everybody who's listening to download their 100 engagement post ideas. I actually sat down and I wrote down 100 ways to post in a way that puts you in the driver's seat of engagement so that you never again have to say, but nobody's engaging with me. No, my clients don't say that because that is a victim mentality. Engagement is 100% in your control and it is what leads to clients. I sat down painstakingly for all of you and created a list of 100 ways that you can use social media to entice engagement to stay on the driver's seat. And you can get that at 100postideas.com, 100100postideas.com. And you can find me on Instagram. Come and send me a DM. Tell me that you found me on Heather's podcast. Just go to Your Engagement Coach on Instagram and say hi. Thank you so much. And I can attest that I downloaded that and it's really good. I shared it with my new VA and I'm like, we got to do this. One by one. One by one. Thank you so much for downloading it. And yeah, I am very, very proud of that. Very, very proud of that sheet. It really gives you results. It's crazy how these things work magic. Ina Kobani. Yes. Thank you so much for being on Get the Balance Right podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. This was so fun. I could talk about this three more hours. <laughs> Lovely. I think as long as everybody walked away knowing that it's not just all about engagement, it's about the engagement plus your content, I think everybody's going to be fine. I love that. And it's not really about selling because at that point, once you have both of those sides of the coin, the sales just comes into play. I love that. It's you don't actually have to do any real selling, hard selling because Yeah, which which I hate hard selling. I just set it up so that I don't have to and I still get sales. That's what I wish on everybody. Wow, that's very cool. Thank you so much. This was a great time.